Hello and welcome. You're listening to Need to Know. When it comes to navigating college and beyond, there are just some things you need to know. Like, is college worth it? How do you deal with student loans? And how should you choose your major? That's where this podcast comes in. We're Christina and Michelle, the hosts for this podcast. Join us as we answer some of your biggest burning questions about college and debunk the myths about the application process. Michelle. What are we talking about today? We're talking about online learning and classroom learning. So we're definitely in a digital age right now. Um, And at this point, college, we see as this very traditional institution, you go and attend to college. But more and more these days, people are actually opting, especially for certain career paths, to end up taking an entire set of courses online that gets them a certification for a job. So there's tons of options when it comes to whether or not you would like to learn online versus whether or not you would like to learn in a more traditional setting. And which one of those you choose almost entirely depends on your learning style. Um, and whether or not you'd like a more guided situation or whether or not you're very much a like a go-getter, tons of work ethic can just knock it out on your own. Um, and I think we both have done both online and classroom learning, learning at this point. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yep, you're absolutely right. I think we've both done enough online and in-person classes to bring perspective mm-hmm. and feedback on what to do and what not to do and to really explain what type of learning would fit what type of personality. Because we really do have to understand that every single person has a different learning style, right? Mm-hmm. So you really want to think about finding the balance for how you absorb information and how you interact with your cohort and what does that mean so in certain circumstances when you're learning in person you're forced to be in groups and communicate with people face to face Mm -hmm. in more online situations a lot of the times you're interfacing with yourself or directly with your professor in a very digital way so some people flourish under that circumstance and in that situation Others need the in-person push. Mm -hmm. So really, you have to figure out first and foremost, what is your learning style, and then go from there. For sure. Um, And so just to kind of give people a little bit of background of where we're coming from, um, both of us attended four-year universities, which is the very traditional way to go. Um, Both of us have done online courses, but Christina has actually done more than I have. I can think of like three major courses that you've done off the top of your head, and I know I've only done one. Wait, three? um, that I can think of. Okay, wait. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but we both have done courses, I think, for, um, we have design degrees, so we both have gone to a traditional school for design, and then also have done design-oriented courses online as well, so it's been interesting to see some of the differences between what you learn in school versus what you don't, and then how the uh, classroom functions when it's online versus offline. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so let's go into it. I think one of the very first point is thinking about the differences in setting in terms of like not only learning from a live person teacher, but also learning from your classmates together in a classroom setting. Right. And that's something you don't really get online. Um, More and more these days, uh, people are actually, I've been in uh, classes that are run via Facebook groups, for instance, and, and there you do have some sort of online semblance of like this is a classroom where you talk to the classmates but I still think in person you have the ability to build really strong relationships with the people that you're learning with uh, rather than just the teacher right and I also think that 
in-person classmates, they leave more of an impression in your mind and in your memory. So you are more inclined to reconnect with them as you go. I just did a um, professional Mm -hmm. development course and we established a Slack channel and we're always checking in with each other at this stage because we're all working professionals and, but we've established this bond, right? When we were going through the course for a semester. Mm -hmm. So we're super tight in that way that we'll check in with each other and help each other out and give each other resources as we were talking about in the last episode. Um, And so I think that it's, it's just like, you know, the learning in person definitely kind of makes you feel that connection more with, with your classmates for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, and then of course you do kind of want to be able to have both an online and offline connection with those classmates that you meet and this goes for like, regardless of, of what kind of course you're in. So I know, um, there's people that I've met online, for instance, that I end up meeting in person at some point, um, when it comes to, you know, we're both going through the same learning process together, but also, having something like a Slack channel for these people that you've known in person and then being able to translate that means you can into the online space means that you can um, keep in contact so much easier. Like in my case, I have a Facebook group. Pretty sure I've mentioned this before. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been so much easier to just, you know, when somebody has a job to throw that up on the board or, you know, just see how everybody's doing. Exactly. And then I think the other point that we want to make sure we uh, express is that the online learning is very self-paced. However, mm-hmm. there are modules. So there's two kinds of learning styles or paces within the online learning. There is one where it's self-paced. It's you're driven, you're very self-motivated. You have a schedule that you stick to and then you push yourself through it. And the other one is, you know, this is a school. It's a mm-hmm. online semester. Um, You are learning online, but you have to complete certain coursework at every time frame. Like they'll establish a time where you need to turn in all your work to an online portal. And that's how they check whether or not you're doing the work. And every week you'll get something new. And so I've done both sides of these and they kind of fit into your career and your life in different points. And there are different reasons and purposes for them. Um, so you just want to keep that in mind. Yeah. And if you know in advance that you're somebody where you need like a deadline to get like a fire under your butt, for instance, like get going, having a course, if you're looking at online learning at all, having a course where you have like specific dates that you need to hit can be really, really helpful and just make it so that you have that extra push that you already know that you need. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it depends on whether or not you're a very driven person. But again, like some of these classes. So for example, I did Harvard's online business school. And so that was like a set course time frame. So every week we'd have to do readings, we'd have to do answers, um, we'd have to go through assessments. Um, and then we would also have to do like study groups within our cohort. So that's like super different. And I know that um, my friends are going through another online degree, where they have to turn out um, group projects together. So they don't really meet in person, but they have to Skype and they have to work together to create a project. So there are different like technologies that are allowing people to remotely work together, which is mm-hmm. awesome because you get to, you know, connect with other people. But it's also it's kind of I think it's a little bit more um a little bit intimidating actually if you are like if you don't know like the meeting people aspect of being going to a university. Do you know what I mean? Kind of. Um but at the same time like I feel like it's a very valuable skill to learn to be able to use this kind of technology and to become somebody who you could handle 
something more self-paced, um, just because a lot of workplaces are also going in that exact same direction. Yeah, I know, but I feel like the whole idea of like meeting people in person for the first time is something mm-hmm. that um, is already like we're our generation is really like forgetting how to communicate in person because technology has become such a big part of our lives that I think as human beings, we should still learn how to communicate and make friends and meet our classmates. Um, I think that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, no, I can definitely understand your point. Um, yeah, I see where you're going with that. Actually, that's a pretty good segue into uh, exactly what I wanted to bring up next, which is student-teacher interaction. <laughs> so when you're doing an online course, there's all sorts of varying degrees of interaction that you can have with the teacher. Um, sometimes it's a remote course where the teacher's just popping in every now and then to say, hey, how are things going? Here's all the materials I need for this week. It's very, very removed. Um, but also you see lecture classes, for instance, where the, the teacher may have office hours, but I remember in college, I had a couple different lectures where I never, ever, ever spoke to the teacher directly the entire time. Um, so there's also varying degrees that you can get there as well. Mm-hmm. And I think with a lot of colleges, usually lecture classes are more people. So you don't usually get to talk to your professors. You're usually talking to a TA if you go to larger uh, yeah. schools. Um, and so then the TA is really important. Um, and then, oh, and just for you guys, uh, TA stands for teaching assistant. Um, so you'll be interacting with those people who are great resources and they can also become your mentors, actually, if, if you guys kind of have that connection um, right off the bat. But again, like Michelle said, it's just like the student teacher interaction is super important. I think also it's it's important if we're talking about TAs really quick uh, to let people know that the vast majority of the time TAs are actually grad students. They're not actually teachers themselves. Um, sometimes they're being paid by the school to become a TA for this particular class. And a lot of times they will be in a field that not a lot of times they're okay, almost always <laughs> in the field that whatever that class is related to. Um, but they're not the actual teacher for the class. I think that was one of the biggest, like, wait, what moments for me going into college was just understanding how lecture classes work because you don't have any experience like that in high school. Oh, true. Yeah. And what I was going to say is like, it's a lot of people. So you don't get like the one-on-one time with your professors. I mean, I feel like because I went to art school and there were only eight people in my class for all of my classes, I'm a lot different. (laughs) But um, yeah, definitely like the whole like one-on-one time is is a lot different if you're in a lecture class versus a lab or something where you mm-hmm. really interact with your professors. I will say that with my experience with online courses is obviously more limited than yours, but it always has felt like even though you do have classes where you just never even talk to the, the actual teacher of the class sometimes, um, there's definitely more, there's less barriers to that student-teacher interaction, if that's what you're looking for, in in-person classes. I know, <laughs> um, I took Korean one semester, and I overloaded with Korean. Terrible, terrible idea. Fun fact, colleges put a limit on the amount of, like, credits you could take in a semester for a reason, and sometimes you could petition them to make it so that you take more than that number of credits. If you are ever, ever going to do that, don't do it with a language class. Just don't. Just, just don't. Um, it was a horrible idea. I did it. I did it. But, and I actually ended up getting a B. The only reason I got a B is because the teacher liked me a lot. Cause I would always stay and talk to her. 
and it saved my grade. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, how you get an A. You get a passing <laughs> grade in yeah. uh, college. Talk to your professor. It should have been a low C. Like, um, and it was just a horrible idea because I had no time to even do the homework. I had like no time to study sort of thing. But because the teacher like knew me and knew I was really trying. Um, and I also came in with a base knowledge of Korean just from our theory. We grew up in a lot of Korean students in this area. So that helped. <laughs> um, but that kind of student teacher interaction is something that you really want to be mindful of knowing that if you're in an online class, um, it's it's much more removed than you would experience typically in an in-person setting. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what the last thought about this is um, think about how I, the one thought that I wanted to jump back to Michelle was when you said, don't overload your classes. I think we should make up another episode <laughs> about how to balance the course classes. Class management in general, um, yes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly there. Class Management 101. Well, we'll get that rolling for you guys because yeah. this, it's so important. That also goes into like mental health and self-care and balancing school and not how, like just generally how not to kill you. And I think in the past few episodes, I've admitted that I've killed myself so many times with coursework. So yes, you've mentioned this before. Um, but in my case, so this same semester that I overloaded Korean, I was also running a marketing department for a nonprofit. And that was a part time, like 20 hour a week job. Uh, and I had no social life and it just got worse throughout my years. So I can, I'm looking forward to that episode. <laughs> I made every mistake. Yeah, me too. Part one will be like how Christina killed herself. Part two, how Michelle killed herself. Yeah, sounds good. Um, the reason we bring this up and just, this is the last little bit of the society, I promise, um, is because when you do that kind of thing, your coursework really, really suffers. And it means you may not be getting the most out of your college experience. And then sometimes it, it becomes like this, well, what am I paying for in this case? So, but we'll talk about that in a future episode. Um, in order to even decide kind of what teacher you're looking for and know what you're looking for, you really need to be able to understand how to pick a good online course or how to pick a good college course in this particular case, which we will be talking about in a second. Um, and the other thing you're going to need to know is what does it even make sense to do an online course uh, and what like industries does it make sense for? So let's talk about that for a second. Okay. Online courses and what industry does it make sense for? Um, yes. I think it can apply to a lot of different industries. I think you can agree as well because there's just online courses for almost anything this day and age, right? Um, yeah, um, but there's certain ones that definitely it makes a lot more sense than others too. So the the go-to one in every every single situation, um, nowadays at least, is programming. If you're looking at a programming job, there's a very, very high chance there are better online courses than there are in-person college courses for what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. um, Fields that change very rapidly. Online courses tend to be the way that you go. If it's a very traditional field, um, if it's something that is very heavily regulated, like healthcare um, or like psychiatry, dentistry, like anything in that realm, those tend to be a little bit better for in-person um, regulated classroom settings. If it's like slow changing or just very regimented. Whereas if you're in something like advertising, communication, um, the art fields, programming, some of the like more, uh, actually some of the liberal arts even that are that are a very recent study group sort of things, um, those can make more sense to be in an online class just because 
you'll find that the information can often be more updated and it can also be more uh, applicable to the workplace. Um, but I want to add that courses where you need to be in a lab, um, whether that's science related, mm -hmm. like astronomy, chemistry, biology, um, or even like when you're making robots together as a team, um, stuff like that, where you need to be actually in a group setting and um, collectively thinking and creating and problem solving, that's probably when you should be in a class though. That, right. that actually, that yes, that falls exactly into the category of things that have a more regimented structure to them. Okay, um, fair enough. I mean, but yeah. sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it can be um, more free-flowing, right? Design is like, you can design by yourself or you can design with other people, right? So. Yeah, so let me give you let me give you an example then to, to make this make sense. Um, I'm going to okay. bring my sister, Danny, in, who has been essentially a featured guest on this podcast for almost every episode. Um yeah, but I've been, I've been so involved in her education at this point that I, it's just just the perfect example all the time. She's in animal sciences, um, which in her case it makes much more sense for her to be in an in-person school, and it actually has a lot to do with the facilities which you mentioned. Um, and in her case, it has to do with access to the actual animals that she deals with. Um, so her work involves both taking care of animals. She's done everything from birthing sheep to tagging deer in the local area, and that's all been through her school. And then also she has done a lot of lab work. So uh, her current job deals with um, animals in a lab sort of thing. And it's been much better for her. The reason that she could have technically actually just gotten the jobs that she does out of high school, but college made more sense because of the access to the actual facilities and resources that they gave her. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So like you need to be actively using the resources and um, like whatever learning instruments that you need, then mm -hmm. you need to be in that setting, yes. Yeah, um, so that's something you can definitely keep an eye out for um, when it comes to which ones you're looking at. Does an online university make sense or does traditional one make sense? A rule of thumb that I like to use is if you are in a portfolio driven industry, and I will always harp on programming, design, arts in general, uh, writing, you do not need to go typically to a traditional university. There are plenty of amazing, cheaper, and sometimes more relevant online courses, for instance, than there are in actual schools. Um, depending, I mean, if you go to like, if you go to a really, 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 really top-notch school and you, you can like, you get the chance to explore different areas, I think that's still valid, right? I'm not saying it's not valid. I'm just saying you really don't need to. <laughs> mm -hmm. okay. like if you want to get that job in the industry there are things you can do but you do still need to be kind of somebody who has that kind of driven work ethic yeah that's um, true. you need to be able to hold yourself accountable and mm -hmm. that's a skill that you know you may not have so look at your high school career is this something where you are willing to go the extra mile to make an assignment really good are you somebody who kind of prefers to just do the bare minimum and does everything the night before sort of thing nothing technically wrong with doing everything the night before it's just if you're always kind of just ch checking the boxes to get something done, that actually may not be a good sign for doing an online course, for instance, because those just require more investment, I think, in the uh, mental sense of the word. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Because you, you, it's one thing where you can rely on an accountability person. It's mm -hmm. another thing where you are your own accountability person. 
Yeah. And even though you will have a teacher maybe on an online course that says you need to have this due by this day, it's significantly easier to just be like, well, I don't really feel like it kind of like it, it's you don't really have that kind of luxury when you're in an in-person college. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to be somebody who you're the kind of person where if you say you're going to get something done, it's going to get done. Yes. Self-integrity is very important. <laughs> um, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about picking a good course. Okay. Um, do you want to start with that one? No, I feel like you have more experience. To be honest. <laughs> um, how to pick a good course. Okay. Um, well, there are certain platforms, right? Um, this, I think, is when you can technically depend on the school branding. Um, so schools like Harvard or MIT or Columbia or any of these like really air quote name brand schools um, Mm -hmm. have online learning courses now. And if you know that MIT is really good for computer science or tech um, and they have courses out relating to, to what they're really good at, take those courses because they are so, they're so full of information right in that realm that it would make sense to go ahead and just take those courses online for a fraction of the price. You don't even have to move town. You can just learn as you go. Right. Um, So that's what I did with Harvard. I kind of, I was like, this, this course sounds exactly like what I need um, in terms of learning some business skills and also networking with people. And so I took it and it was great because I learned a lot and it was really tough. I'm, better because of it. Um, I passed my test <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and I get a certificate. Um, and then I can also use this uh, certificate to show um, employers. That's another thing. When you do online courses, um, you want to see if you can A, get an electronic diploma or a certificate um, or a license of some kind um, to say that you've completed the coursework and it's adding to your profession or your career. That's something that you definitely want to look out for. It could also be something like a portfolio piece. Like if you have created a specific thing from this course, that could be something else as well to look at. It doesn't have to be like a, you did the thing <laughs> certificate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another free course that um, as a digital nomad, we always uh, were recommended when we first started out was HubSpot. HubSpot has a really great like marketing courses on different platforms, like how to use social media to market a company, what have you. And they have these certificates where you can like you can do their their course and then take their exam and you get a certificate or a little badge mm-hmm. next to your LinkedIn profile that says that you've completed this. It just gives you more credibility, I think, as a person in the professional world. I'm to say like you're certified or you've been through this course. That being said, it is more important that you actually come out of whatever course you pick with these skills than it does the actual certificate, because that's what's going to make a difference in the long run. And I know I've heard horror stories of people that like, you're like, I did this to get a certificate, and then they couldn't actually follow up at the job. That's not, that's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, don't do that, um, guys. <laughs> remember, remember a couple episodes ago when we were talking all about um, how to choose the right university, and you have to have an idea of the kind of information you're looking to learn before you even go to the university, the exact, exact same skill set you have to know beforehand. I'm looking to learn this, this, and this. And if the online course that you're looking at can check those boxes and say, yes, we're going to teach you this, we'll teach you this. These are, and it's, those are the skills that you want to learn. That's the baseline for picking a good course. 
back to that point of like how to pick a course there's so there's MMOCs which is like the name brand schools having like their own online course like online certificate Mm -hmm. courses and then there's other courses like YouTube YouTube is a great resource for tutorials for learning skills so how to play a guitar or how to do a certain Adobe Photoshop move or something like that and then um, the other one is something like Skillshare which is kind of like a mix between the MMOC and YouTube so it's like you you walk away with a learning objective and it's a set of courses videos and you just go through it and you end up with a portfolio piece hopefully when you do their art class and then you can upload it and then the people that run that course can say hey this is great this Mm -hmm. is what I would do to improve it the next time you do it and they can give you constructive criticism so those are the different learning types and Mm -hmm. I I think you've done like a master class one oh I guess I've done multiple I wasn't even thinking yes Um, apparently I've done more online courses than I thought of forgetting that, but, um, yeah, I was going to say we're pre- pretty even at this point and you're saying I've done so many. I'm like, I've done a lot. Well, to give, to give a little bit of perspective, I tend to do uh, more shorter form courses to lady very, very specific skill mm-hmm. because it's something that I'm like, all right, I need to learn how to do X and X is going to be something like I need to learn how to, uh, well, the masterclass course was actually how to manage a political campaign, which is not something I need to learn, but I wanted to. <laughs> but it's something very, very specific kind of thing, um, what I'm doing. Versus you've done things that are more, let me look at a larger marketing course sort of thing. So I think that might be one of the differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think you brought up a really good point. Is like, do you want a specialized skill, which is like, you walk away learning this exact thing or do you want to like expand your horizon and understand the industry more or like learn this it depends on like what you're going for right yeah and one of the things I was going to say is when you look at places like Skillshare, Udemy, Masterclass there's it's like this classification of like skill learning websites those are really great for if you are in the situation where you don't really know what you want to do because it's pretty easy to just jump in and be like, wow, I wonder what it would be like to be a line cook. Maybe I should look into whether or not I think that fun via a skill sharing course of some kind. If you're looking at being a designer, for instance, jumping in and just taking a course on maybe hand lettering to see if that's something that you actually want to explore. I think that's a really, really great way to be able to look at an industry and and pick out, okay, does this actually seem like something I would want to pursue further? And then you can start looking into more of the uh, established courses if you're looking for a specific certificate to get you a job. Yeah, so that's a good point. If you're not motivated to take those classes, then you're probably not motivated to take those classes in person. And why waste time then? Why waste time, money, and energy? Yeah, that's a great way to figure out what you like and what you don't and what's going to drive you. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. Let me kind of wrap up this episode with a case study, I think, that we could talk about that'll be a really good way to bring things together for people. One of my best friends uh, lives in Singapore, and in his case, he loves Mm -hmm. data science, which is one of those industries that is very new, is constantly changing. And he was at a job where he was considering, do I go back to school, a traditional schooling environment to learn data science, or do I do some sort of online class or some sort of like boot camp hybrid in-person online thing? So... We went through all the different course options together. Um, We were weighing the different options because he came to me for advice. And in his case, because data science is a very, very fast moving industry, because he is somebody who is looking at having a very quick turnaround for getting a job quickly, did not want to go through a four year degree. um, And he was looking for something that would be able to place him in a job. The option that made the most sense for him 
was the in-person boot camp with an online component. And these do exist um, throughout the country, throughout the world. So those are another option you can look at. And there isn't as much interaction in terms of like uh, the classroom environment. But in his case, he was like, I have a specific list of skills that I would like to learn through data science. And I want to be able to make an industry switch. So that's a perfect example of using an online class to be able to get a foothold in an industry that you're not in already and be able to run with that. Um, and for context, before switching over to data science, before taking all these classes, he actually had been a writer for a video game. So, <laughs> and he kept finding him, he was spending his free time like doing data science experiments with the, like, the video game company he was working for. So that was a pretty good indicator. Like, yes, I need to switch industries um, if I'm just you know finding it excruciating at this point to do some of the writing work that I have to do. So I feel like that's a pretty good example of how to use this particular thing well. And in his case, um, he's still in the course now, but when he finishes the course, he's going to be uh, working with the course to actually place him in a job. And there's more and more and more of those showing up every day. Um, I know App Academy has a campaign that they've been showing a lot recently where they actually will make it so that they don't, you don't pay up front, you pay only when they place you in a job kind of thing. So those those situations as well. Michelle, you just reminded me that one of the things that we, we should mention is that once you're in a professional world, guys, you can get your company to pay for certain classes. If they have reimbursement programs, every job I go to, I always ask A, if they have an educational component that helps their employee just grow professionally and personally, and then how they do that. So they can have their own programs, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. they can uh, give you reimbursement and, and fund your education so you can take classes and they'll pay for it. But then you have to get a certain grade or above, then they'll pay for it. That depends on your company. Um, and then also like the, right. another option is they give you time. So you take the time that you would be at work to go to school. That's another option. So like, think about all these mm -hmm. different things. The learning never really stops. So you could go to a, a four year traditional university, come out, go to a job, go, oh, I really like this, but I need to learn more. And then ask the company to give you more resources, be it time or funds so that you can go and learn more and help you grow mm -hmm. professionally. But I'm sure we can talk about all of this down the road. Right. And I think that actually is a perfect note to end on, um, specifically because I know I've mentioned this, <laughs> excuse me, in previous episodes. And um, with, we have this notion that like you kind of get through school and once you're done with school, you're done. You never have to go back to school again. That's not true in the slightest. Um, you, we live in a world where the industries that exist change constantly. Um, Self-driving cars may actually affect the trucking industry before they even get remotely close to affecting like the the uh driving industry that we have for just passenger vehicles kind of thing so you are looking at industries that kind of up and disappear you're looking at industries that change as part of the the process you know again design and programming those kind of things what the skills that you would learn 10 years ago to do those jobs are nowhere near what you would need now so when you get out into the world, just remember, college is great. College is a way to kind of learn the skills for that industry that you're looking at going to. But once you're in the industry, you will never, ever, ever have a point where you're just able to comfortably do your job from then on and never have to learn again. It's not possible. Let's wrap this one up. Understand that um, you will always, always be learning um, to figure out whether or not online school is 
better for you or if in-person school is better for you, think about your learning style and whether or not you need that accountability person in your life or are you self-driven and have a lot of self-integrity. So if you say it's going to get done, it's going to get done. Then you can really consider these schools and then also think about portfolio. If it's a portfolio-based job, that's something that you can definitely learn through online platforms. It's important to kind of figure out your learning style and kind of play with the different learning technologies out there today. So definitely be open-minded for that. Hey guys, we hope this was a value-packed episode for you. Are there any questions you'd like us to answer in the future? send an email to needtoknow.cm at gmail.com. If you liked it, please smash that subscribe button, leave us a review, and tell your friends. Make sure to check out the show notes for resources. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.